You are Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to the Fantasy Football 24-7 Podcast. Fantasy football all day, every day. Welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 Podcast. It's Thursday, December 6th. Ethan here from Fantasy Football 24-7. You can find me on Twitter at eturnerff underscore pt. You can find the main page for this show on Twitter at ffb underscore 247. Before we get into tonight's episode, don't forget to get entered to win a signed Earl Campbell Hall of Fame edition jersey this year. All you have to do to enter to win is rate and review us on iTunes. Be sure that you leave your Twitter handle or email in your review so that we can get in touch with the winner when we give this bad boy away. We have a great show tonight, guys. We're going to get through our Thursday night preview as well as starts and sits. And of course, the last injury update of the week, the first injury update of this week, actually. As always on Thursday, we've got a guest, and this week I am joined by a friend of the show and one of my personal favorite fantasy writers, Pete Lawrence. You can find him on Twitter at underscore Pete Law. Pete, how are we doing tonight, brother? I'm doing fantastic. It's a pleasure to jump on here with you tonight and uh, talk a little fantasy football. Absolutely. Always a good time to talk football. And of course, fantasy football is in the heat of things. Week 14 is playoff time, baby. You know, we're going to dive into tonight's game. The four and eight Jaguars head to Tennessee to take on the six and six Titans and what will probably be a pretty low scoring affair with these defenses. Remember, these teams met in week three, a game which the Titans actually won nine to six. That was a barn burner. Definitely one that you want to go back and watch again for the highlights of that bad boy, but no touchdown scored in that game. So you're going to see a lot of kicking. Uh, A lot has changed since then, though. Obviously, the biggest change being at quarterback with Cody Kessler in line to start again for the Jags. Kessler did get a win last week, but he did so with 150 yards passing, no touchdowns. So not exactly a, a huge boost to the offense with Kessler coming in. But he goes up against Marcus Mariota, who is coming off two straight games of over 25 fantasy points. But Sure enough, as soon as he starts playing well, he starts dealing with an injury to his wrist. He says he's good to go. I expect him to play. But, Pete, how do you feel about Mariota going up against this Jags defense? Well, this is a real tough one. You're you're talking about the injury issues already. Comes right off the bat after this last game. All season, he's been dealing with some sort of injury. Unfortunately, it's very poor volume metrics. The Titans offense hasn't really clicked like we thought it would when they brought LaFleur out before coming over from the Rams offense. A lot of people expected a lot of that kind of McVay magic would kick in over on the Titans. We'd see Mariota kind of, you know, air quotes unlocked. One of the best athletes at the quarterback position, a guy who ran a four, five, I want to say four, five, eight, 40, one of the fastest QB times for the 40 but a very accurate quarterback. Now you're talking about the wrist injury. You're talking about the elbow. Still, though, when we look over at a great site that we can utilize, playerprofiler.com, and we look at things like his uh, efficiency metrics, they're really outstanding. Something like his accuracy rating, basically breaking down, does the wide receiver have to, to reach for the ball? You know How accurate as far as the quarterback putting the ball on the wide receiver and Mariota's ranked six overall over on player profiler for accuracy rating. And then when we look over at true completion percentage, which eliminates things like unpressured throwaways and drop passes, he's at 74%, which is seventh. I'll tell you, honestly, I'm, I'm rolling with Mariota in the leagues that I've got him. My home leagues 
that's mostly because I don't have much of a chance because I'm more of a late QB guy. And at this stage in the game, I don't have much else to utilize. It's not a, it's not a great sell on him. But if you're talking Ramsey possibly being out, Mariota plays the full game. I, I think there's a lot to like. And especially if they kind of stick with what they were doing last week in the second half and going more of a vertical offense for the Tennessee Titans. I agree. I like Mariota. Like you said, Ramsey being out is going to play a huge role in his success as well as the wide receivers, which we're going to get to obviously a little bit later. But I think with Mariota, like you said, he has played well this season when he is healthy. And it's shown as he gets healthier, you know, he starts playing a little bit better. You start seeing some passes, him him making passes that he was not making earlier in the season when he was dealing with the elbow issue. So I think I think that this defense, especially if Ramsey is not able to go, is exploitable through the pass game and especially the deep pass game. But before we get into that, onto the running backs, clearly starting Leonard Fournette here, regardless of the matchup at this point. And there's a lot of debate on the Titans side, at least, as to who do you start every week. So I'm going to I'm gonna lay this out for you. Who do you think scores more fantasy points this week, Deion Lewis or Derrick Henry? And are you willing to start either of these guys in most likely a playoff matchup? Um, it depends on how deep my roster is for starting players there, Ethan. Um, early in the year, I was very strong, you know, right over at number fire, very strong pro-Henry article. Deion Lewis came over. I wanted to to keep pushing the ship, but it they gave Deion Lewis a huge contract and they showed their intent that this is going to be a backfield by committee. Honestly, at this point in the season, I don't want anything really to do with either of them because neither of them is really performing well. They're not getting enough volume to be effective and both have become very touchdown dependent. And if we have a game similar to the last matchup between the Titans and Jags where no touchdown was scored, I mean, maybe you get lucky you get a double-digit score if they get a touchdown, but otherwise you're probably looking at something like an eight- or a nine-point performance out of both. And, I mean, at this point in the season, Derrick Henry hasn't even topped 60 rushing yards in a game. You, I don't think you can trust him. And Deion Lewis has been pretty streaky as well. I, I'm honestly staying away from both. I, I think that's a fair point that you made there. I just don't feel like in a playoff setting, unless you absolutely have to start one of these guys, I would be staying away from this game altogether. Next up, we're talking about wide receivers. Not a lot of options to talk about here, but of course, Corey Davis does come to mind. If Jalen Ramsey isn't able to go, Ramsey is dealing with a knee injury and on a short week, it's very possible that he misses this game. But besides Davis, do any of the wide receivers in this matchup kind of pique your interest? Guys like uh, Dante Moncrief, Taewon Taylor, D.D. Westbrook, have any ap- appeal for you in fantasy? Uh, this is another one where you're really relying on a touchdown. It's kind of been Moncrief's thing his entire se- you know, career at this point has been uh, very touchdown dependent. D.D. Westbrook, no thanks. You know, on the Jaguar side, you're you're expecting Cody Kessler to do something. This Titans defense isn't a joke. They're very legit. They're a very strong defense. Short week, um, which has traditionally been rough on offenses. We've seen some really good offensive performances this year on Thursday night games. Traditionally, it's it's led to very poor offensive performances on the offensive side of the ball, favoring the defensive matchup. I talked about the Titans offense going kind of a more vertical attack against the Jets, and that seemed to benefit Taewon Taylor, who I, uh, as a player I really like. Speedster, he's also really good. Bubble screens, the work he did at college. I think he could be an option, but he's very low volume as well. He only had three receptions for 100 yards. 
that would be maybe a dart throw probably more at this point if you're in a best ball league that's kind of your kind of guy or if you're you're limited by aj green injuries you just lost sanders um you need a dart throw at this point i think taylor's that probably that high upside dart throw yeah i agree i think if if ramsey does end up playing taylor may be the pivot for Corey davis as well i think that you, you don't want to try to match up with with Jalen Ramsey, if you don't have to, you don't want to throw the ball his way because he is just a really dangerous cornerback there. So we're going to move over to the tight end position. Obviously, the only guy here really to talk about is John U. Smith. How do you think he fares tonight? Uh, that's going to be a tough one. Maybe the tight end position, though, has been absolutely terrible. So maybe you're talking low, low end tight end one, high end tight end two. Probably, again, you're looking for a touchdown. Maybe he breaks off something, uh, you know, long TD. A uh, very sparked up athlete, great size, speed. Uh, if if they can utilize him and get him into open space, Jonu Smith is a guy who absolutely can be a top tier kind of tight end with his athleticism. It's maybe just might take till next year when he starts to really click in this offense. I mean, the tight end position is just an absolute mess this year, so it's not it's not surprising me if he if he ends up as a tight end one with seven points. I mean, it's just how that t- the tight end position has gone this year. If you score a touchdown, you're in the top twelve. So I think that Johnny has a good chance for that. But outside of that, not a whole lot of offense. I think is what's what we're going to see. We're going to see a very similar game to when these guys first met up. Last question here before we head into the break: Who do you have, and what's the final score when this baby's all said and done? I think if Mariota plays, it's going to be Titans twenty, Jags ten. Nothing major. I mean, if you if you need that dart throw on a running back, you're you've lost Hunt, you've lost James Conner at this point, whatever it is, and you just need to throw a dart. Maybe Henry falls into the end zone, but not nothing nothing major to to talk about on this game. I don't think. Yeah, probably not going to be the best uh, Thursday night game that we see this year. All right, we're going to get into starts and sits, but here first, I got to tell the listeners about Action Heat. Guys, it is that time of the year. Winter is here, and I am excited to tell you about Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries. They last up to 12 hours on each charge, so Action Heat batteries can actually be used to recharge your phone and any other gadget that you have while you're wearing them. Don't want to run out of charge. You know how everything is attached to a charger nowadays. Great for anybody who works outdoors, skiers, snowboarders, or really just anybody that hates being cold. Christmas is just around the corner. Men. If your wife is anything like mine, this is the time of the year when all you hear about is how cold it has gotten. So Action Heat can be the solution for you. They have heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments. Whatever you need, they have you covered. You can stay warm and cozy with from head to toe with Action Heat. We've got a special deal for our listeners. To save 20% on your entire order, just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything that Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all of your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. 
coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we are heading into our starts and sits for week 14. It's playoff time, baby. Pete, who are a couple guys that you are locking into your lineups this week? Uh, let's make sure that we really get this across. This is that time of the year where, you know, you're probably really glued into podcast. You know, maybe you hear this little tidbit about how this one matchup might be exploitable. You go and bench one of your stud guys who got you here and, you know, thinking you're going to roll it with this fringe guy. You're going to spend all off season kicking yourself if that doesn't hit. You know, if your if your main guy doesn't hit, yeah, hey, you can live with that. But benching a benching a stud for a fringe player, don't do it. Start your studs. Let's jump in. Uh, Green Bay Atlanta game. Hey, Aaron Rodgers probably isn't performed for you how you wanted him. You probably drafted him as your top quarterback in a lot of leagues. But hey, this is a we're post Mike McCarthy era. So Aaron Rodgers and especially Aaron Jones, who I'd have to imagine is no longer going to be in this split with Jamal Williams, where we see Aaron Jones kind of start getting something going, and then Jamal Williams is brought in. And it's not like a one-play swap, but all of a sudden you got Jamal Williams rolling for multiple series. Annoying as an Aaron Jones owner. I think we've seen the end of that. And it's a favorable matchup against Atlanta. Should be a high-scoring game. Rodgers, Jones, Packers, get your offensive guys in there. Jameis Winston going up against New Orleans. You got to put up points. The Tampa Bay offense and the whole Tampa Bay team is probably going to be looking entirely different next year. New GM, new coaches. Jameis is really playing for his job in 2019 at this point, maybe that next contract. I'm expecting something big this week from him. Jumping out, uh, Baltimore. Going up against that Kansas City defense, Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, um, they're going to have to keep up, and I think we're going to see a lot of Lamar Jackson utilizing his legs. When they get down and you're running guys deep, KC maybe playing man, they're get, you know your defenders get their back to him. He takes off. He's getting you rushing yards. Could be a huge game for him. Uh, jumping over one of my favorite players, Nick Chubb. He's been a stud. This Carolina defense isn't how we used to see it. They're not the super stud defense anymore. Make sure you're playing Chubb. And probably the major pickup this week, Jeffrey Wilson, San Francisco. Again, if you need somebody, injuries have got you decimated. I think he's the guy where there's no competition for touches. You're going to get volume. He's got a shot to really help you out if need be. That's like a whole starting lineup right there. You're, like, you're, you're set, <laughs> man. That's I, I totally agree with what you said. I think that sometimes we get like to get cute. When the playoffs come around, you start to overthink decisions that you've been making all year, good or bad. You know, maybe you have a Julio Jones that was kind of let you down last week. You're wondering if maybe there's a guy on your bench that can outperform him. No, you just you you play Julio Jones. You play the guys that got you where you are. So I totally agree with that. And all the names you mentioned, obviously, are great starts this week. Moving on to the guys that you are absolutely staying away from. You know, this is make or break, so we can't have any bums in the starting lineups. Pete, who are some of these guys that you are staying away from this week? Let's jump out to Kansas City. The guy, the must-add just last week, Spencer Ware. After the news about Kareem Hunt, everybody, Spencer Ware, he's just going to go. He's going to step into that role. 
He's going to get that workload. He's going to get, you know, he's a lock for a hundred plus touchdowns, all that. It's not the case. Kareem Hunt is a talent. Spencer Ware is a talented running back as well, but he is not Kareem Hunt. It's not a good matchup. And the Chiefs running backs look like it's headed towards a committee. So I don't want anything to do with Spencer Ware. I think this is one where you're going to probably put him away. Maybe go somewhere else. Unfortunately for you, Kareem Hunt owners or everybody who spent all their fab on where. I'm not sure where you're going at this point. If you could have snagged Wilson, good on you. Maybe look at Jalen Samuels over in Pittsburgh with Connor being out. I think that's going to be a strong play. Uh, my Seahawks, Doug Baldwin. This is a matchup against the Vikings. I think Xavier Rhodes might be on him. I'm not sure what his health, though, is at the moment. This is a lot more about Tyler Lockett. Baldwin's getting his use, but when you watch the Seahawks, one of the things that Pete Carroll has always stressed about is explosive plays. So what they've been doing a lot now is utilizing that uh, run game to set up play-action pass, getting Tyler Lockett going across the field or getting double moves, things of that nature where he can utilize his speed and get deep on guys. Um, now, so I, I know I said start your studs, but at this last one, David Johnson – this is tough. You used a first-round pick on him. Um, Lions defense has been much improved ever since they brought in Snacks Harrison. And David Johnson and that offense are obviously not the same. This isn't the, you know, David Johnson who took a lot of teams to fantasy championships. I mean, he got vultured by the rookie twice. That's kind of a sign. Might have been just, you know, how the how the how it played out, but I'm staying away from David Johnson, which is tough because you spent high draft capital on him. That one is tough. David Johnson's one of those guys where, oh man, it's almost a hill you have to die on for me. Uh, but but I definitely agree that the Lions defense has gotten much better with Snacks Harrison. And you've seen how important he is to the Giants who now can't stop the run at all without him. So I, I totally understand the logic. The process is good there with David Johnson. Doug Baldwin, like you said, regardless of the, the matchup, I just don't know if you can trust him right now to pr- produce any fantasy points for your team. I just, they like using Lockett. Lockett seems to be on this like ridiculous touchdown rate that I've just I've, I don't think we've really seen that often but you know Doug Baldwin has kind of taken the backseat in that offense and a lot of it has to do with the knee injury and things like that. Spencer Ware I'm right there with you. I think that he is one of those guys where and I was on that boat too man you know you can't risk him being what he was two years ago and let him sit on your waiver wire. You got to go out and spend the money. Obviously, uh, some better options this week with that matchup and with him kind of looking to be in a committee as well. I think that offense may may struggle. I know it's weird to say Kansas City could struggle in a game, but Baltimore Ravens' pass defense has really gotten to be quite stout over the last few weeks. And but I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes, but I'm just saying at some point he he could have a hiccup, and I think that this could be kind of a trap game for him as well. What do you think about that? Oh, I absolutely agree. This is uh, in the few leagues that I have Patrick Mahomes, I'm very happy that I have a bye this week. So I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to look into it too much. Like you said, the Baltimore defense is very improved. This is a very good pass defense. Look what they did to Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Look at what they've done throughout this season. Um, I want as little to do with these matchups as possible, and I'm glad that any team that I really have a lot of Chiefs, I pretty much have a bye in most of those games. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how it's gone this season. And that's that's probably – 
probably most other people have a buy if they have a lot of the Kansas City offense. You'd be hurting to uh, lose a lot of fantasy matchups this year with Patrick Mahomes. I can tell you that for sure. All right, man. Well, that's going to be it. I want to thank you for coming on the show. Always a pleasure getting to sit down and talk some fantasy football, especially this time of year. Pete, where can the 24-7 family go to find your work? Absolutely. So you can uh, you can read some of my work over at NumberFire, over at DynastyLeagueFootball.com, Player Profiler. I've done some work over there as well. And uh, you can listen to me and my main host, uh, Levi, over at the Dynasty Yak podcast, where we have a Dynasty and Debbie focus. Awesome. Well, like I said, you guys need to go and check out Pete. He is one of absolutely the best out there. He's a fun listen, and that podcast is pretty great. I've listened to it a few times. Definitely one that you want to check out. Good luck with your matchups this week, man. I hope you, luckily, it sounds like you got a few bye weeks, so you've got at least some teams moving on. Hopefully, you can kind of make some playoff runs here, get some championships. Yeah, I'm solid either in the loser bracket uh, or uh, with a bye week. It was uh, It was no in between this year not alone there man i'm I'm right (laughs) up there with you all right on to the entries we are going to start with some big names here who went down in week 13 and are out for the season this is the time of the year where if the team's out of the contention you know they will uh They'll rest these guys for the rest of the season. So a lot of big names here. We're going to start with A.J. Green. Left Sunday's game after re-injuring the toe. We talked a little bit about this on Monday's show, but this injury did keep him out for a few weeks previously. Early reports are that this injury is now going to require surgery. Obviously a huge blow for Green, but being placed on the IR in two weeks, this Cincinnati offense has lost their starting quarterback. They've lost their number one wide receiver. I just don't expect much out of this offense going forward. Next up here, we have Greg Olson was also placed on the IR this week. It was reported that he tore his plantar fascia, which is actually a thick band of tissue that runs across the bottom of the foot. You probably heard of plantar fasciitis, which is just the inflammation of this. He actually tore his, so a little bit more serious here. This is actually the same foot that Olsen had the Jones fracture in last season and re-injured again this season, so another foot injury for him. I think the big question right now is, is Olsen going to call it quits after this season is this going to be the end for Olsen there were some rumors that he was heading to the broadcast booth this preseason obviously he decides to come back but it's not really out of the question for him to be done for the year you know the tight end apocalypse it continues here Manuel Sanders this one is kind of a bummer for a lot of people he went down at practice on Wednesday actually with what the team fears is an Achilles tendon rupture the physical exam is very accurate for an Achilles injury so it's entirely possible that we hear either later today or tomorrow that Emmanuel Sanders will miss the rest of the year and have surgery on that Achilles at this point all of the 2019 fantasy season is also in jeopardy as well you know Achilles ruptures can take 12 plus months to fully heal just look at Deontay Foreman as an example I'm not going to say this is going to end Emmanuel Sanders career but it's definitely going to put a huge blow on his value going forward in a dynasty league in a redraft next year I'm absolutely staying away from Emmanuel Sanders Christian Kirk was placed on the IR with a broken foot obviously a big bummer here as he was kind of playing very well this season for a rookie despite not producing a ton of fantasy points and a pretty bad offense but still a bummer for those dynasty owners I think that he is a buy low candidate if you're in leagues without a trade deadline maybe you 
have somebody that uh, wants to get rid of him or wants to kind of add some pieces here for a playoff run, kind of throwing him into a deal of your rebuilding could be a pretty smart move. Now we're going to move on to some running backs. We've got a lot to get to here. Many of you already know that James Conner suffered a high ankle sprain on Sunday. He has already been ruled out for week 14. Not what you want to hear for fantasy playoffs, but there is some hope that he returns next week at the earliest. Jalen Samuels is the guy for this weekend in a spot that I actually really like against a bad Oakland team. Jalen Samuels can catch out of the backfield. He's a very talented back, so he could be a good spot start if you were able to pick him up on waivers. Matt Breida finally gave in to the litany of injuries that he has been dealing with this season. He's been ruled out for week 14 as well. Could be a nice spot start for Jeff Wilson Jr., another guy who has played well over the last few weeks, just like Pete said earlier in the show. Melvin Gordon mispracticed to start the week. Willie and Debro talked about this yesterday about this backfield, so I won't go too deep into this, but I expect Gordon to miss this week again with the team pretty comfortably expecting to make the playoffs, and they're also playing in a very winnable matchup, so don't think that we see Melvin Gordon back. I think they're going to play pretty safe with him. Speaking of playing at safe, Carrion Johnson is trying to get back from an MCL injury that has kept him out the last two weeks. He did not practice on Wednesday. I don't expect the team to really push him with the Lions really out of playoff contention, not really playing for anything at this point. I don't think there's any there's any reason to risk there starting running back uh, long-term for a season that's a wash. I expect another missed week for Carrion Johnson as well. On to the wide receivers, Michael Thomas mispracticed on Wednesday with an ankle injury he apparently suffered last Thursday. I'll be watching this one pretty closely as the weekend approaches, but at this point, I'm not overly worried. Thomas has missed a whopping one game as a professional. This is a sturdy guy. I do expect him to end up playing on Sunday, but it's worth watching to make sure that he gets some practice reps in this week. Julio Jones briefly left Sunday's game with a foot injury with his extensive injury history on that foot with the foot issues. It is concerning that he mispracticed with this. On the other hand, he did return in that game on Sunday and has routinely gotten Wednesdays off as he's aged. I think that he will also likely play this week. Two teammates, Eric Ebron, T.Y. Hilton, both got off, got Wednesday off for injuries that they've been nursing throughout this season. This is pretty on par for the course for these two, so I wouldn't look too much into it. I expect both of them to play. A little bit of an update on the quarterbacks here. Joe Flacco returned to practice in a limited fashion, which could spell disaster for the Lamar Jacksoners out there. I don't expect Flacco to return this week, but I would have a backup plan in place if you were expecting to use Lamar Jackson just in case Flacco decides to return and they decide to name him the starter. Last up here is an actually an injury update. It appears that Sam Darnold will be making his return this week. Not much value in terms of fantasy outside of Dynasty and two QB leagues. If Maybe if you had an Andy Dalton, you might be looking for another starter, but it is worth mentioning that Darnold will be able to return this week. Looks like everything is on track for that. That is going to put a wrap on this show. As always, make sure you follow me on Twitter for your daily injury updates at eTurnerFF underscore PT. Make sure that you follow the show page at FFB underscore 247. I want to give a special shout out to Pete Lawrence again for coming on the show this week. Go give him a follow as well at underscore Pete Law on Twitter. For Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7, Ethan Turner signing off.